I'm reminded of one of the first times I met, who is now my suegro, <laughs> so my, yeah. you know, father-in-law. Father <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember the word in English. That's funny. Um, I met him and he was eating some soup in, in the kitchen and he was like, oh, hey, you know, got up, hugged me and said hello. And then sat back down and was eating his soup and was like, this is really good, like here, and then scooped <laughs> soup with the spoon that he was eating with and was like, try, so good, you know? <laughs> I remember one of those breakthrough moments for me is that I used to watch, um, I still do watch someone named Jaime Bailey. I don't know if you know who he I is. Don't but he has a news opinion show essentially. And my partner Simone really, really likes to watch the show. And Jaime uses all of these um, big, <laughs> beautiful words that I really didn't understand. And it took all of my concentration to even understand more or less what was going on. And I realized, you know, a couple of months later, one morning I was just eating breakfast and it was on in the background and I was understanding absolutely everything. You know, I, I, I didn't have to use that amount of mental power to understand it. And it's it's a really cool thing when you, you get to experience how your hard work pays off. And I think this transition transitions well to something we talked about, the similarity between fluency in languages mm -hmm. and fluency in yoga. Yeah. And I think it's good to discuss like, what is fluency? Because I actually, when we talked about doing this, this podcast episode, I immediately thought of the word fluency because it's been so, it's been a big theme in my life. And I wanted to ask you and like, kind of turn the question back to you. It's like, what does fluency mean? You know, and how would you describe a state of fluency in a language? Mm -hmm. I would describe a state of fluency specifically in languages, being able to communicate yourself. Well, first of all, being able to understand without taking up too much mental energy to process. Yes. Right. To subconsciously process mm -hmm. what you're listening and understand what is being said. Yeah. And on the flip side, being able to respond without having to formulate, mm -hmm. you know, sentences and translate in your mind. I would totally agree with you. I think it's sort of where you hit a bit of ease, you know? And so this is where if you're listening and you do yoga, maybe you've never done yoga. So when I say yoga, think of another sport or another activity that you've learned. I mean, it doesn't even have to be a sport. It could be um, knitting. It could be a skill. It could be a random skill, anything that you've had to learn typing. Um, you reach this point where it's really hard in the beginning and it requires this big commitment and this big push of effort. And then suddenly it's like that weight is lifted from you. And so in the world of yoga i think that this comes across really clearly because each form of of yoga is kind of like a different accent of a language and i refer to yoga itself as a language because it is really a way of communicating a feeling and a mutual shared understanding you know i can go as uh, i will be in spain next week back <laughs> where you live and I will still be able to go and take a yoga class. And even if I didn't speak Spanish, I would be able to understand, you know, I've been practicing yoga 10 years. And so I know a lot of the movements to a level of fluency. And so I think that fluency is also like a flow state. And so I don't know how to else to describe a flow state in a way that maybe a English learner would understand. Do you know how else we could say it? A flow state? Yeah. If I understand a flow state, it's like moving 
with the uh, with the moment with the music that you have yeah. without having to think necessarily what should I do next. Yes, I think that's exactly right. It's a state of also being very present, right, and being very aware of of what's going on without having your mind distracted in in some other problem or some other area, I guess, of your life. But it's fluency is like flow state to me, and I think that maybe even when you're fluent in a language, to not get too far into the weeds or out of the, the subject but when you're fluent in a language it's like being in flow states with that particular language really and so um, in yoga when you reach that state of fluency you're able to move through the postures and enjoy them really in a way that you're certainly not able to do the first time you go to take yeah. a class i think of that what you just said like when you are hanging out with Spanish-speaking people and they start telling jokes. Yes. <laughs> and you can get in on them and you yeah. laugh and you have yeah. a good time. You don't have to think, mm -hmm. right? What am I doing next or what's going on? You just flow with the conversation. Yes. Yeah, I think that's, that's perfectly said. And so that's why I really like yoga as an example of this or as I mentioned before, any other activity that you enjoy because that's a physical, concrete example of what it really takes to learn, right? And one other um, thing that I would just add on this subject that I know you asked me earlier, tips for, for language learners. And of course, now we're talking and a lot more are coming to my mind. But the other one is, is your focus. Um, it is really hard to do 10 different things at the same time. You're going to make like this much, if you're not watching the video, like an inch of progress. <laughs> an inch of progress in 10 different directions versus if you really focus on one and you decide, you know, learn, I'm serious about learning another language or I'm serious about becoming more developed in my yoga practice, take all of that mental energy and channel it there. And that's not to say that all you will do for the rest of your life is learn languages or learn yoga. But once you have that skill, you know, and it sticks with you kind of like they say, riding a bike, you have to refresh, of course, and keep it present, but then it's with you, you know, it's kind of in your back pocket, we say. And from there, then you might choose to focus on other things. Yeah. So I think that goes to dedication and yeah. dedicating yourself to the process mm -hmm. and not giving up when you are at some random yeah. point, which yeah. I mean, you can say if you get to the A2 level and you're like, all right, I'm good. I don't need to know anymore. I know what I need to know. That's okay. But if you want to achieve fluency, understand that it's going to take yeah. a few years. I wanted to ask you too, um, I'm very intrigued by motivation in, in humans in general. So what do you find keeps students motivated to keep learning? I think everyone has a different motivation. Everyone has a different why, but the commonalities that I see, because I work with a lot of English learners who want to have a better future. So the motivation for a lot of my students is to get a better job, mm -hmm. to live comfortably here in the U.S., to be able to connect with American people yeah. if they are already here. And so the motivation there tends to be connection with others and a better future. What about getting over fear? Like what, what do you find helps people have so much motivation that they're willing to go through the fear, the imposter syndrome of being, you know, speaking a new language? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I can say that one、yeah. particular thing. It depends on the person. I think、yeah. a lot of my students just go for it and they don't care. You know, that's a certain particular kind of person、yes. who will just go for it and make a mistake. And that is my partner in English. Yeah, right. <laughs> Polar opposite from my own experience. Right. And so I think that it's. With time, you get used to that feeling.、Mm-hmm. You have to put yourself out there and go for it, and remember your why.、Mm-hmm. And over time, that feeling of fear or embarrassment becomes smaller and smaller and smaller. And so, I don't think that there's a one answer.、Mm-hmm. There's not a one size fits all for this. But I think if we're talking about a tip that I can give for people to not let the fear hold them back,、yeah. it's to understand and accept that it's there and go for it and、yeah. get used to it. Because you will get used to it as you live through those situations. How do you feel like that ability to face fear in that way has carried over to other areas of your life? Or basically, what I'm asking in, in simpler words is, how does the ability to learn another language help you in other areas of your life? Yeah, that's a really interesting question, and I've thought about that a lot because I think that learning speak Spanish fluently has brought me a level of confidence that I never had before. Yes. Never, ever,、mm-hmm. and so I just remember in high school and in university, even being so shy and being so like, <laughs> you know, I just didn't want my voice to be heard because I was ashamed of my voice and I didn't think I had anything, you know, that would be interesting to share.、Yeah. And something about having to really work on and develop my voice, because one thing about language learning is that when you have to start translating into another language, you have to be intentional. Yes. As we said, and work on your voice and think、mm-hmm. about what do I want to share. Yes. With this world, and that only just comes back to your own voice in your native language,、mm-hmm. which will translate into more confidence in the way that you communicate. So I think that language learning. Helped me become confident in who I am and my voice in this world,、mm-hmm. and also because of the nature and the way that language is connected with culture,、mm-hmm. and also because I spend so many time with Hispanic people.、Mm-hmm. You learn to be open and warm and kind,、yeah. in a way that maybe Seattleites are not. <laughs> you know, and American, American people don't tend to be as open and kind、yeah. as a lot of Hispanic cultures. And so you learn to be that way. You、yeah. learn to be that way, and you learn to, I feel like, be more resilient. Also, in the face of even if it's not, so say you're learning Spanish, and it's not even just within, you know, Hispanic culture that you will feel more comfortable. I would say it's all because you、yeah. understand how different the lived experience is, you know, from the the language itself to the culture, as you said. And I think it's funny as you're saying this. I'm reminded of one. One of the first times I met, who is now my suegro, <laughs> so my yeah, you know father-in-law. father-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember the word in English. That's funny.、Um, I met him, and he was eating some soup in in the kitchen, and he was like, "Oh, hey!" You know, got up, hugged me, and said hello, and then. Sat back down and was eating his soup and was like, "This is really good, like here." And then scooped <laughs> soup with the spoon that he was eating with and was like, "Try, so good, you know." <laughs> If you know anything about, I mean, the way that I was raised and and just, I guess, I don't know if this is just a Pacific Northwest thing or a Seattle thing or a U.S. thing, but we would never offer soup to someone out of the same utensil, like the same spoon. 
that you're eating, you know, mm-hmm. until you reach a level of comfort. Like I wouldn't even offer you, hey, you know, I'm gonna just try my food with my fork. Right. You know, maybe if we keep hanging out for a few years, yeah. then yes. But I think it's it's good awareness to have, you know, and understand like this is normal. You know, my sense of normal is not anybody else's sense of normal. Yeah. Absolutely. You start to understand other people's perspectives and motivations on a level that yes. being monolingual, you could never. Yes. You could never. This has been so nice having you here yeah. on the podcast and being on your podcast as well. Um, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Yes. It's been a wonderful conversation. And I want to thank you for letting me into your space for the wonderful conversation and to all of our viewers here. Yes. And I usually give an emoji to DM me and also DM you if you want. Okay. If you made it to the end of the episode, what emoji should we have people send? We should have them send... Hmm. Maybe the flag of a country if they're learning a particular language. (laughs) That's exactly what I was thinking. That is so weird. There you have it. (laughs) So send us an emoji of the flag of the country that you are learning, the language that you are learning. And just as a reminder, uh, my podcast, Leadership in Yoga, you can find it on all major platforms, at Shauna Crew on Instagram. I would love to hear from you how your yoga journey is going, how your language learning journey is going. And you can find me on Spotify, on YouTube as Fluent English with M, and on Instagram and TikTok at M Language. I share language learning content for English learners and Spanish learners and tips for any language learners in this world. So this is a place for you to learn about language and culture and to keep honing in on your communication skills. Until the next episode. (laughs) Ciao, ciao.